Praise the Lord. Chapter 41, verses 14 and 15. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. I'm going to just stop right there. Verse 14 really for my text. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. I'd like to preach to you tonight with the help of the Lord on getting ready to meet the king. Getting ready to meet the king. Let us pray. Reverend Tuigsfer, would you please pray over our message messenger. Amen, amen. You may be seated. I hope you're reading with us in our Bible reading schedule. If so, this is a familiar portion with you, with us. We've been reading in the book of Genesis. If not, you can jump in with us now and just uh, read along with us. So important for you to read, for us to read the Bible every day. If you are a Bible reader and you've been reading with us, then you know the story of Joseph is just an incredible, incredible story. If you could make up a plot and make that plot one that would destroy somebody and you would come up with a story, how can I mess up somebody's life? Maybe you'd start with, well, I'll have his own family turn against him. Kill him. And maybe you'd say, well, if that doesn't work, I'll sell him into slavery, into being a servant in a faraway land. And then I'll, I'll bring up false accusations against him. And then when he has helped others, I'll have him be forgotten about. You start putting all that together and you think about uh, a plot to destroy somebody, that would be it. But it wasn't what happened, was it? For after all of these things took place, we find Joseph in the prison getting called to meet the king. And so if you put yourself, as I've been sharing with you, one of the best ways to read the Bible is with your imagination, not just your eyes and uh, uh, your, the pages with turn with your hands, but putting yourself in there. And you can see yourself in the prison with Joseph. He probably wasn't the best smelling dude. We know he wasn't well shaved. We know he didn't have on nice garments. And yet there in the prison, the Pharaoh, the king, if you will, called him because they heard that he had something. And so Joseph got ready to meet the king. Now, if we would just look at that section, what would we see? We'd see a man putting off his prison garments, getting some nice clothes to appear before the king. We'd see a man getting cleansed, shaving, showering. He would, we would say perhaps that is how he got ready. If you could please sit up, please. Thank you. 
If you need to, to, if you're not feeling well, if you want to go to the back or something, if you help that, please, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate my ushers helping me out. But if you could, if you would think about that for a minute, the very preparation was not just shaving, putting on fresh clothes, or getting up and, and going out to meet the, the king. That was not what the preparation was all about. Amen? Amen? And sometimes we think that the preparation for actually going to meet the king, Jesus, is just an act of getting ready to go to a church service, cleaning up, putting on some nice clothes, shaving, Brushing your teeth, putting on some deodorant, combing your hair. These are all good things, amen? But that's not what getting ready to meet the king was all about. For when Joseph stood there and he gave uh, uh, the king the answer that he was looking for, for the king had, had dreamed a dream and he wanted Joseph to interpret the dream. And the Bible said that Joseph had interpreted dreams for somebody else. And therefore, they knew that Joseph was able to do it. And so when he got there before the king, uh, the, the Pharaoh said, said, Joseph, we heard that you're able to interpret dreams. And what did Joseph say? He said, it's not in me to do it, but God will give Pharaoh an answer. Now that answer that came from Joseph did not come as he just pulled it out of his pocket. For him getting ready to meet the king was a 17-year journey. Because we know the story of Joseph. When he was just a teenager and God gave him a dream, a vision that he was going to do something great. And everybody tried to stomp that vision. Everybody tried to, to put down what, what Joseph was, uh, what God had put in Joseph's heart. And the devil came up with the, the most, what we look at as uh, perhaps the most heinous ploy that you could do. And yet we find that it was not what destroyed him, it was what prepared him. And I want you to think about things just a little bit differently. Because it's not always the bad things that come our way that hurt us. Sometimes it's the bad things that come our way that help us. Amen? Are you still with me? The bad things that come our way don't always destroy us like we talked about before. You can cover up a Christian in a bunch of dirt. Some would call them buried. We say he's just planted. Amen. Amen. He's just planted. And so what Joseph went through when uh, he was sold into slavery, when it came to his brothers and his brothers said, uh, we're going to kill him. And the one brother spared him and, and uh, eventually they sold him there. Think about what was going on in his mind because the big test wasn't him going somewhere geographically. The big test was how was Joseph dealing with these things that were coming his way? How did he respond to them? You've heard me share before, there's two things that we can do when you think about medicine. They say the, the, the patient ha is having a response or a reaction to the medicine. That's a negative thing. But if they say the patient is responding to the medicine, that's a positive thing. Amen. And so in every circumstance, we can either react to something and get mad and get bitter and get cynical, or we can respond to it. And so we find that Joseph was getting ready to meet the king. God had already given Joseph a dream. He had already given Joseph a purpose in his life, but he was going to fine-tune him. He was going to prepare him through all of the trials that he went through. And so we find him being tested, tested by 
the accusation, his own family turning on him. Tested by being sold into slavery as a servant to Potiphar. Being tested, not just in the hardship, but check this out. For the Bible said when he was in Potiphar's house, he was a prosperous man. You see, sometimes it's not the hardships that test us the worst. Sometimes it's the prosperity. When you got enough food and you don't have to pray in your next meal. When you've got enough rent and you're not worried about getting kicked out. Amen? And you, you can kind of relax a little bit. And sometimes you relax a little bit too much. You let down your guard a little bit too much. And so Joseph was tested by prosperity. But we find that Joseph didn't allow God to get far from him in prosperity. In both places, when he was in Potiphar's house as a servant or a slave, and in the prison, there's this little phrase that said, the Lord was with him. And I know that that phrase, the Lord was with him, meant also that Joseph was with the Lord. Because I can imagine Joseph going through those things. If you get bitter and you get cynical, you are not somebody that God wants to be around. Stay. Let me say it again. If you get bitter and you get cynical, you are a grumbler. You are not someone that God wants to be around. How do I know that? Because the Bible said he, he judged those who grumbled and murmured in the Old Testament. The Bible said our very spirit, when we come to worship him, should be one with praise and thanksgiving. That's why when I say at the beginning of the service, that's God's part of the service. When God comes to church, it's not to hear the preacher. He already knows the word of God. That's not his part of the service. His part of the service is when we come and we worship him. And we begin to glorify him. And we say, God, your goodness is following after me. You know, that song comes from the book of Psalms where it said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So the psalmist would say, man, when I'm serving God, I look behind me and I've got some folks that are, tracking, that are tracking behind me. Who are they? Well, there's goodness and there's mercy and they're following me. When I sit down, they sit down next to me. Why? Because I've got a good God that loves me. So trials and temptations come our way. Why? To get us ready to meet the king. To get us ready to meet the king. Now, I don't want to say, I'm not talking about works. I'm not talking about the fact that we do certain things to earn our salvation. When we get saved, it's because of what Jesus did. Amen? Jesus died on the cross. Jesus went to hell. Jesus paid for our sins. But once we're saved, the Bible said that we are conformed into the image of God's dear son. That means that God uses circumstances to, to sandpaper, to, to sand us and to shave off the rough edges and to work on us. To can constantly recreate the likeness of Christ inside of us. To make us more and more like Jesus every day. And what is it that makes us pray? It's difficulties. And what is it that tests us? Sometimes it's prosperity. Are you going to back up from your prayer and back up from your, your desperateness and seeking him if you got a few dollars in the bank and things are a little bit easier for you. Joseph didn't. For though he was a prosperous man, he still was with the Lord and the Lord was with him. And thank God he was because things were going to get worse. You know, here's the thing. I heard a guy one time say he was a world-class piano player. He would practice Brother Tuhig eight plus hours a day. And he said this, if I don't practice one day, I know it. If I don't practice two days, my teacher knows it. If I don't practice three days, the world knows it. Now what was he saying? 
he was saying sometimes we can let up in one, we can let up in an area of our life in one day and nobody really catches on. Maybe you didn't pray like you should have prayed. Maybe you didn't, you didn't take in the word of God like you normally do. Maybe you weren't as kind or as loving as you know you ought to be. But well, one day stacks on to another day. And another day. Because here's the thing, Brother Ron, we don't know when tragedy comes our way. We don't know when the, the, the devil's going to come knocking or there's going to be some trial that we face tomorrow. We've got to be ready ahead of time. And so daily, we do these daily disciplines of praying and walking with God and, and growing with God so that when the trial comes, we are built and able to deal with the difficulties that come our way. God is faithful in allowing these circumstances and situations to come. We've got to be faithful to show up at God's gym and daily lift the weights and push against the resistance and resist the, the softening and the corrupting forces of this world of just of ease and, and, and uh, uh, comfort. One missionary, when he was a child, teenager, and he was getting ready to go to the mission field, he would sleep without blankets and sheets in the middle of the winter with his windows up and the, the, the cold coming in. They said, why are you doing that? He said, I'm, I'm preparing myself for the mission field. He knew it was going to be difficult. He knew it was going to be hard. He didn't want to, he didn't want to get soft. As Brother Tuig shared something along those lines. He said, I don't want to, I don't remember if it was the heat or the air conditioning. I think it was the air conditioning. I don't want to stay in the air conditioning too long. It makes you not want to get out there and do something. And I can relate with that. Amen. We are tested by prosperity. What if Joseph had stopped praying? What if he had failed to acknowledge that all the blessings that he had were from God? What if Joseph had become filled with himself? Would he have passed the test? He was tested by pleasure. We know what happened when Joseph was in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife came by. Potiphar's a rich guy, probably had a good looking lady. Amen. And that woman came by and saw Joseph. The Bible said he was well favored. He was a good looking young man. And she said, come and lie with me. Come and have sex with me. Joseph said, I can't do that. Joseph, number one, was grateful. He said, I can't do that to Potiphar. I can't do it to God. And I can't do it to Potiphar, your husband. He, he doesn't even know what he has in his house. He's entrusted me with everything. His gratefulness led him to say, I can't, I can't be disloyal to the one that's helped me. And I can't be disloyal to God. So he was tested by pleasure. Though this good-looking woman was ready to, to get with it, he said, no, I can't do that. Can't do it under God, I can't do it under Pharaoh. And we know what happened. She accused him, she lied about him, she had him thrown into jail. And what happened when he was in jail? Now, if you've never gone through this before, this is a tough pill to swallow. When somebody comes up and they just concoct a story about you, well, so and so, he did this, he said that, and you say, No, I didn't. Every now and then, come across some things on the on the internet. And you read them about uh, maybe a circumstance that you know about. And you're reading this person and they're just creating facts out of the blue. And you're saying, where in the world are they coming up with this? I was there. That's not what happened. Amen. 
And so sometimes when, when you are accused, there Joseph was. Can you imagine as he was sitting in the prison how he could have been, he could have been tempted to get bitter and cynical. God, all I am is trying to do what you wanted me to do. How can I fulfill my dream in the prison house? God, you, you're the one that gave me this dream. And here I was serving Potiphar and his wife. You saw her coming on to me, God, and I turned her down. And now I ended up in prison. He could have gotten bitter, amen? But I want you to see something. Not only do we know that he didn't get bitter, for the Bible said the Lord was with him. Again, if God's with him, we know he didn't have a bad attitude. You want God to, to run from you, just begin to be cynical and bitter and judgmental. God will hit the road, amen? But if you're loving and kind and, and uh, filled with praise, what did the Bible say? He inhabits the complaints of his people. It didn't say that. What did it say, Sister Ivory? The praises. He inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. We begin to say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And his presence is there. But check this out. This is amazing to me. It said that when Joseph was there in the prison house, the prisoner made him the, the chief guy in the prison. And there were two guys that came in, the butler and the uh, baker. Now those were positions that were high, but the king had gotten mad at them and for whatever reason threw them into, j into jail. And can you imagine the temptation that could have been there for the butler and the, uh, for Joseph to look at the butler and baker and say, oh, things have turned, huh? There you were in your cush position and you had it all good and now you're in here. Well, I'm going to show you what hardness is like. I'm going to show you what torture is like. He could have turned around and did him wrong. But listen to what the Bible said. The Bible said... He served them. Let me say that word again. It's almost amazing to hear, isn't it? Joseph served them. He didn't use his authority to turn the tables on him. He didn't rub it in his nose that they had fallen from that place of, of blessing. He didn't turn around and, and say what he, uh, well, serves you right, man. I, I can't believe uh, uh, you're here now. Now I'm going to get you. He didn't do that. He served them. Joseph passed the test of being falsely imprisoned. It's been shared that absolute power corrupts absolutely. But Joseph understood that any blessing, any grace, any kindness was not because of who he was. It was because of God. And so God had prepared him, tested him by his own family turning on him, tested him by being sent into prison to uh, uh, slavery, tested him by prosperity, even in Potiphar's house, tested him by pleasure, and then tested him by being forgotten about. For he helped those two men after he served them. Here's another thing that really sticks out to me. One day the Bible said he goes in there and he sees that they are sorry, sad. Now I don't know about you, but usually when things are going wrong in, wrong in my life, if I'm in pain or I'm going through a battle, I can only see myself. Amen? I'm just thinking about, man, this thing hurts. Or, man, I, I, why is this going on? And this is rough. But Joseph went into the prison and his eyes were open. And he saw somebody else was hurting. He cared about them. And he said, what's going on? And he found out they had these dreams and he interpreted the dreams. And then he told the butler, hey, when you get out of here, don't forget about me. Did. And Joseph down there 
for years had to go through the test of being forgotten about. Now, you would think that that must not be too big of a deal. I, I don't know about that. It seems like God has put some of his greatest soldiers through that test. Moses was out in the backside of a desert for 40 years. Paul went to, uh, I believe it was Damascus, and spent seven, seven to 14 years. This kind of a dark spot. We don't know what Paul was doing there. Kind of off the scene. There's Joseph sitting in the prison, forgotten about by the butler, but not forgotten about by God. And when Pharaoh, when he had a dream, and the butler suddenly realized, man, none of your wise men can help you. I remember there was a guy down in the prison house. He helped me. And they called him. And Joseph got ready. Yes, he put on the clothes. Yes, he showered. Yes, he shaved. But that wasn't the part of him getting ready to meet the king. The part of him getting ready to meet the king was all those years of difficulties and maintaining the right spirit and overcoming the, the, the temptation to be bitter and cynical and upset about being forgotten about. And all the while, in those 17 plus, or 13 to 17 years that he went through that, he maintained the right spirit and God was with him. It's not much to say, man, God's blessing me. Here you are on the mountaintop and you've got money, you've got a nice car and you've got decent clothes, you've got a decent job and everything's going good and your bills are paid. But when everything turns around, in the prison house you're still praying. And when you're falsely accused, you're still thanking God. And when you're forgotten about, you do not allow bitterness and cynical spirit to come into your heart. That's getting ready to meet the king. That's getting ready to be used by God. Get ready, musicians. Let me ask you tonight. If, if today we went to visit Brother Jones, Ronald Jones, he would come. Every Sunday, kind of sit back by either in the very back. Sometimes he'd bring his walker and sit back there with the other brother, one of those pews back there. Very kind man. Behind the scenes, he often helped people financially, did things. Not a lot of people knew about it, but he helped folks. Then when he was ill, he had some serious physical things going on. You would never know it. He'd struggle, but he'd make it to church. And then eventually, he got diagnosed, stage four cancer, and he, he told me, I've had a good life, I'm ready. We went to visit him at the one, uh, one um, old folks home or nursing facility, I should say. We talked to him, we prayed with him there, and then we went back another time and he was gone. We didn't know what happened to him. They said they had come and they had taken him. I tried calling his phone and, and no answer. And then finally we got a phone call yesterday. And they said, well, he's in, he's in the hospital up at Barnes. And even during the phone call, he was saying, hey, I, I, I sent my tithe in and doing this. He was concerned about giving. He was concerned about doing things. We got a chance to see him today. Lost a bunch of weight. Grew a big beard. Under the effect of some of the medicine. But he knew. Getting ready to meet the king. He knew. Time's drawn near. 
He's prepared. And we pray with them. I'm not sure if we'll be offered that opportunity. We know one day we're going to leave this life. We don't know when. But we need to be ready. Let me ask you, if you took that last breath today, you found yourself in that situation, are you ready to meet the king? Do you know everything's settled? You've repented, you've asked Christ to come into your life, you've put your faith in him. Maybe you've been through some prison house experiences, maybe you've been through some false accusations, maybe you've been through some times of being forgotten about. Maybe you're tempted to get upset. Things didn't go the way you thought they would. Why don't you tonight surrender that to God? Say, God, I want you to be with me. I need you. Would you bow your head, close your eyes? Father, I thank you for each one that you brought tonight. Now, Lord, in this altar call, we want to be ready. Our hearts to be ready. No bitterness, no sin, no criticalness, no murmuring, no complaining, just thanksgiving, praise. God, we don't know when someone might be. They call upon us. We want to have the right spirit to lead them to you. Father, accomplish your will in these lives. If there are those here tonight that don't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that you would draw them. Up with a friend, a savior, a God that will never leave them nor forsake them. God, we ask this.